This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think, I think where fans get, at this point, through five games, rightfully frustrated is a lot of these problems were predictable. And to, to me, to come out of last year, I'll tell you, it, specific to one position, exactly what I mean. Okay. Coming out of last year, there was, like, unanimous agreement. You got to do something big at linebacker. Like, that wasn't good enough. Um, and that was Jack and Ron after the season. That was not, like, yeah. fans, right? And then what do they do? nothing outside of signing a guy who was a backup in Seattle and Cody Barton. And it's not Cody Barton's fault that he's Cody Barton. And so far that hasn't worked out. Like they, they thought that Cody could be more than he has been. Mm-hmm. Um, they may, and maybe he can be with time, but like that, this is the NFL. There is no time. Like it's only a yeah. 17 game season. And so, you know, to say like, Oh, if he's in this defense for another year, let's see what he is next year. Like you ain't going to be here next year. If this is what the results are. Um, and neither will he, frankly, like, and that's, that's not me being like harsh and critical. That's just like acknowledging the reality of the, the speed of the business of the NFL. This is, this stuff is hard. It's really, really hard. And so the level to which you have to perform is extremely high. And I think for linebacker, for instance, that's, that's frustrating. I think on the offensive side of the ball, the O-line, like same thing, like this, this is what you're putting out there. And do you have those? I, I, think, I, I just qu- I quickly glanced at it last night after the game, and yeah. I don't know how PFF gets these up last night. But first off, the grade for the O line, the pass blocking grade, the general pass blocking grade was like in the high 60s, which is a pretty good grade for the offensive. I don't know if they've readjusted that, but one of the things I want to just again the linebacker thing. Yeah, the thing about the linebackers, and I and I've we've talked about this on the show. I think my position on linebacker is really well established at this point. That. It, that should be your third best position. That should be your least valuable position in terms of investment because you've got all this first-round draft capital in the O-line. That group should go. That group should be able to hide anything you have in the linebacker spot. And then you have enough good, young safeties that you shouldn't be in You know your 4-2 base that much. The Cam Curls, the Percy Butlers, the Forrests, the Quans should be on the field more, I think. And so when I, when, when people are, when people are critical of the linebackers and I know you're not being, you're, you're, you're making an observation about the position. And I would say Mm -hmm. that I I'm actually in terms of roster construction, like if we're looking at the PFF 
board in terms of overall grades. I want greens on the D line. I want greens in the back end. And I don't care if we have yellows at the linebacker because that well, the problem is that like linebacker has been red. No. And I, and I'm with you and I'm not saying, yeah. but I, but what I am, but I, what I would kind of say to that is, are they red? Because the, are they red because the defensive line isn't playing to the level that we thought they would be playing to over the last right. two or three weeks. And that's something that I, I love those guys. They play hard. John Allen, you know, now the all-time leader in sacks for defensive tackles for the organization. Great. Couldn't happen to a better guy, but that group down in and down out, I don't think is as exhibited or shown the dominance we were expecting. And they, there are, there are reasons for that. You know, they're playing Josh Allen. They're worried about scrambling. They're paling Jan hurts. They're worried about scrambling. They're playing, Justin Fields, they're for sure worried about scrambling. It makes you less effective. I, I don't care what, what fans say. Like when you're playing a, a scrambling quarterback, it makes the rush, the pass rush less effective. And so I look at that and I say, and, and also the, the game plan that the, the Bears, the Philadelphia Eagles, and the Bills brought out to kind of to, to fight this group, I think is, is, is like, also a reason why they're less effective. But yes, yeah. go ahead. That, that, I mean, that's, that's good job by them, but like you know, we, we can say those guys yeah. get paid too. But our like our guys are getting paid. Um, yeah. you know, and the, you want to execute. Of, yeah, I'm yeah, with it, and man. like like so, what's the what's the plan to counter that? Like you you got to have a plan for the plan, like or you have to be too good for the plan. And like when you've got that kind of investment, I think this is ultimately the frustration with Del Rio for a lot of fans and and his defense in general. And it obviously, it gets channeled by fans directly. Like you want to blame someone. So for a lot of people, yeah. it's Jack. Um, and we can look at kind of the plan and, and everything more on the film review pod and have a better sense of, of game plan versus yeah. execution versus, you know, all that kind of stuff. But they've got so much investment in that side of the ball in the areas that you'd like. Like they've got, yeah. a very, I think they have the highest cap skew towards one side of the ball in the league and it's on their defense. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And like four first round picks up front, another one in the secondary who you benched last night in Emmanuel Forbes, like. They've got a ton invested in that side of the ball and they have not gotten results. And it's the second straight year they've started like this. Um, Del Rio was on super thin ice at this point last year. Yeah. Um, and kind of the Chicago game last year, week six is what turned it around. Uh, and they hit a, a nice run in the middle of the season. Um, but at the end of the day, like this is not good enough for the level of talent and investment. And you've got to like, that's the side that should be carrying yeah. this team. And instead They've largely been the dead weight. Um, I know yeah. the Buffalo game is is obviously the exception there, um, but they've largely been the ones dragging the offense down, and not the other way around. And yeah. um, you know, well, the offense has its issues, and a lot of that that can be contributed to them having a young quarterback. Um, defensively, like, are there young players? Yeah, but every team has young players. That's yeah. the way the league has gone with the way the CBA is. Like, it's just more valuable yeah. to have guys on rookie contracts. So. How do you win? And and this is, you know, Jack's been around a long time. Maybe this is one of those things that as time has shifted, he hasn't quite adjusted to coaching. And this goes to the slow starts, not just this season, but like season mm -hmm. after season. Do you shift your coaching to be able to get guys ready for week one? Right. Do you get guys that are younger? And, and this is this is me spitballing. I've never thought of this theory before. It's hitting me right now. So right, consider yeah. this a half-baked idea. But like this has happened year after year after year. And when you go looking for explanations, when you're a guy who's been coaching for this long and used to have a lot more veterans, now you're playing with a lot more young guys. Like, have you made those adaptations and adjustments? And the results so far would say no. And if it's not that theory, then it's no to some other theory that needs to be solved expeditiously. Otherwise, this is going to be a lost season very quickly.
Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, it, it's, t- it's tough to kind of figure out exactly what's going on with the defense because I think when you look at training camp, when you look at the offseason, even when you look at the Baltimore practice, quite honestly, like you see a group that's been pretty consistent, you know, like in terms of prep. Like I was like, man, this group's going mean, to – we talked about on the show. You know, like they're going to be ready to go. Defensive line looks great. And I think, for you know, I think on the whole they look good even now. Like we talked about some of the players that flashed last night. Mentioned Montez, you mentioned Chase. Like there are, they did that in training camp. I think the thing that's been the most surprising is the secondary. You know, like they looked so sharp in training camp. Like they looked so ready to go, and then all of a sudden, you know, it it kind of is it's built on shaky ground, and for whatever reason, they don't they're not as dialed in in the back end, and they're not matching stuff off, not passing stuff. I don't know if they've changed kind of their coverage perspective. I don't know if. When you play a team that's going to run, well, I mean, one team. thing that's worth mentioning is Chris Harris isn't here anymore. That is and true. He was the guy. I mean, that is true, and I think they have they you know not to not to diminish Chris Harris. They do have some bright guys in in that room that are doing a good job coaching. And again, like they when when Chris Harris left, that was a big concern. But through training camp, there was nothing that said like, oh, this is going to be bad. You know, like this this looks like it's right. going to be awesome. Maybe this new coach is speaking to them in a different way and is taking and building on what Chris Harris built. And then we get here and. I mean, I don't want to say I really think just kind of a thousand foot view. I look at the Philly game. I see a lot of explosive plays given up by Forbes and a guy who's maturing and developing. And then in this game, I see a lot of plays given up by Forbes, explosive plays, right? He misses the the tip ball on one. He doesn't tackle DJ Moore on one of those. Is that, am I thinking of the right play? Like where he kind of is trying to get into the ground, doesn't get yeah. into the ground and DJ Moore scampers, scampers off. Up the sideline. Yeah. And that's probably 95 yards of receiving right there. Just for him, you know, and you're just kind of like early in a game when you're a, a group that's, again, a little bit fatigued, you know, you're coming in a short week. Those are plays that have an an outsized impact, I would say, yeah. early in the game, you know, because you're all of a sudden you're on your heels. Jack kind of can't get into the rhythm as a play caller. And it's tough. And I'm and I'm not absolving Jack. I think, you know, ulti- like I said, ultimately, he's the DC, like buck stops with him. Like, what right. are you doing to correct this? But I also believe, as a player, I believe this emphatically. We got to play better, you know. Like the every defensive call has answers. I'm sure. Like every offensive call should be a touchdown if we execute correctly. Every defensive call has answers versus the concepts they saw last night. It wasn't like they were running anything crazy. Like they ran hitches a couple times. They ran a, a go takeoff, which again I'd have to watch that again. But I felt like Benjamin J. Juice is in perfect position for the dig. And then it ends up being a dig takeoff and he can't make the play on, on, on more. And so I just look at that kind of stuff and I'm like, man, you know, what are the techniques they're supposed to be playing? Are they, are they, are they passing stuff off in the back end correctly? Is that stuff getting communicated to them? Like last night was a, Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from take command. It's not just a podcast. It's the 25th hour of your day. Your weekly source for all things commanders, right on time, your time. A list of household chores. Do them without missing a beat and listen while you work. In the car, turn mundane drives into memorable moments. With podcasts, you can maximize productivity and minimize FOMO. We're on demand, so we fit perfectly into your schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts was i don't want to say like a full I, i'm not i hate being alarmist i'm not being hot takey but it was i mean they, it, they gave up 40 to the bears like it, it is it, what it is there was not it just was it was so far from the sharp crisp group we saw this offseason and i think that's the thing that i don't really understand and 
Yeah. Is that again? Is that the fatigue? Is that a young guy having a tough game? Is I'm sure that that's that that, that factors in. Is it the short week? Is it the high of Philly coming down to the Bears? Are we not playing to the the, the we're playing? We, we talked about this on the pregame show, like playing to the level of your competition. Like, can you not do that? And they for sure did that. And the Bears came out and said, you know what? Like, we are starting to figure out who we are offensively, and we're yeah. gonna we're gonna make you roll for it. And I think that. The one group had a very clear vision of who they were, the Chicago offense, and one group seemed like they were kind of in between, like there was a little bit more match than I was expecting from Jack. You know, I thought they'd kind of get in a lot of zone. There's a little more match coverage, and it leads to some of these explosive plays, and that's a coverage they've been really good at this year, but all of a sudden less effective in this game because I'm sure the running quarterback affects rules and how you fit runs and how you match the extra man in the box. So lots of things to look at, and that's stuff we can get into on the film review, but it yeah, it was it was very it was a very I, I just I've, I feel bad for the guys. I feel bad for the players and I because no one wants to go out and have that kind of performance. And I feel bad for the coaching staff because it was a it was a total kind of systematic fall. Like even in the Broncos, even in the Bills game with the offense, when we were kind of breaking down that film, you're like, oh, man, they had three or four drives here that looked pretty good. And in the first half of that football game against the Bears, it was like there was there was I don't say nothing, but very little to be excited about. Then in the second half, they kind of come to life a little bit, but it's like too little too late, and they still give up some explosive plays late in the game. So, yeah. very tough. So, the, the thing that I would say to kind of summarize uh, slash bring this all together, uh, especially on the defensive side, is like if you – like fool me once, it's on the players. Fool me twice, it's on the coaches kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and maybe twice is, is still too harsh. But at the end of the day, like if you – keep going to the podium saying these guys aren't playing the techniques that we want. Um, they got to play better type of deal. And obviously like, well, we got to do better. It, it's not phrased that way, but like the implication is, is like, Hey, we're giving them a great chance to succeed. Like they're just not doing the things we tell them. That yeah. to me says something about you as a teacher. Um, and eventually yeah, I, that becomes a coach issue where it's like either you as and this is specific to Ron as the, 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 head honcho of all things football in Washington, yeah. you selected them. So that's that it's either a player selection issue mm -hmm. uh, or it's a coaching them issue because like these guys are obviously talented football players. They're talented athletes. And yes, do they make mistakes? Sure. But if you can't get them corrected efficiently as a coach at the NFL level, like eventually them continuing to make the same mistakes. And I think that's like the issue specifically with Forbes is and why he gets benched is you're making the same mistake over and over and over again. If you can't get that corrected, eventually that's not a reflection of the player. It is a reflection of the coach and their ability to get through to the players, whether it's because, you know, they've become the teacher in Charlie Brown and you're zoning them out and the yeah. wah, 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 wah. Or they're just not effective teachers, which is, you know, we, we spent a little bit more time on that this offseason on the pod, which I, I think was fun of like one of the things that makes a great coach is are you a great teacher? And yeah. we talked about the positive end of that with EB and, you know, are we and this is me. I, I'm not asking this rhetorically. Like, are we seeing the negative side of that on the defensive side of the football right now? Do we have some guys in, that are maybe really bright football minds that know a lot of stuff that are not as effective teaching wise as say Chris Harris was. And thus some of the details are getting lost. I don't know. I'm not in the meeting rooms. You don't yeah. know either. You're not in the meeting rooms, but that's, that's as we try to gain understanding. Right. And, yeah. and try to be as fair as possible. That is one of the possibilities that is, that is existing. And again, I, I would say this too, like there's a lot of responsibility that goes on the player. 
mm-hmm. the the NFL the the environment's a little bit different. You know, it's it's not like college or high school. It's a, it's its own unique thing. And when a coach tells you something, tells you a new technique, tells you a new approach they want to take with a position, it's it's your responsibility. You're a professional now. It's not my job to kind of develop you. They, they I remember I had a coach tell me once like. The NFL is not a developmental league because there's such a high volume of people coming in that can just do what we want you to do. And I think like it, it would be interesting. Again, we're not in the meetings where this is a little bit speculative and I don't like doing this. I'm just speaking off my own experience here. Right. Like there, there were guys that I played with who were really good football players, but they just didn't embrace the defensive or offensive philosophy of the, of the coordinator that we were with. And they just never became a good football player in that scheme because they were so stubborn about changing who they wanted to be. And I had a little bit of that, honestly, this is like just speaking from experience. When I went to San Francisco, one of the things they had talked about is like, Oh, we have changed our landmark for outside zone and we need you to be wider with your hat. And I was like, you know, every time we run outside zone, you know, in, in Chicago or, or Washington after, um, after Kyle left, like I would have to kind of grab it with my inside hand and then run and kind of pull that guy laterally because the back was cutting it up so quick. And he's like, we're not going to do that. And it was so incredibly hard for me as a seventh year player to embrace that new technique and kind of buy into it. And I don't think, I don't think I ever really, honestly, I don't think I ever really mastered it while I was there. I was there for a year, you know, and I, I hurt myself. I hurt the offense when I was in there, just looking back on it in retrospect. And I think there's a little bit of that going on with Forbes, I would assume, as I'm sure they've provided the technique, but it's something that it's new. It's novel, you know, and everyone says, oh, it's, he's been here since the off season, but shoot, I was in San Francisco for a year and I didn't pick up on that technique. I didn't pick up on that change. And so, um, and that's tough. That's tough for me to admit, but like looking at Forbes, like he's got to take some ownership. Like if, if this is the consistent feedback each and every week, we're not playing the correct techniques there as much as it's on the coach and like you said like there's different levels of communicator the player has to say i don't i'm not doing it right i got to do something different like one of my most proud memories of my career was a coach told me hey logan you need to get your second step down on on uh, on this triple block and i was like well i don't get enough reps in practice and he kind of was like we don't have enough time to do more and so i would stay i would come out early i would do the triple block footwork i would stay late do the triple block footwork and eventually I became the best on the team at it. And it was one of the reasons I ended up playing a lot of football in 2012 and 2013 because of that, that commitment to getting better. And that was something that I had to make a decision to do. And so um, I look at these guys and I, again, it's so hard with young football players to understand the difference between college and high school, but it's probably coaching a little bit of coaching, but also I would say, is that player doing, and I'm, this is not a criticism of Forbes because I know yeah. he's, I know football is important to him. I know it. Like I've talked to him, he's dialed in. But yeah. really, kind of going the extra mile to say I can detail this at a professional level. Yeah, he's probably never had to do that before, and right. and so it's a you don't know what you don't know type of thing. You get here, and it's like, no, nah, dude, everybody's as good as you talent wise. Like you, if you want to really be special and get the most out of your talent, you do the next thing.